This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Tuesday. August the 30th, 2022. Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast to bring you all the late-breaking information in the world of wrestling. Whether it's WWE, AEW, or so many other promotions, we're here on a daily to make sure that you are kept abreast of all the things happening. Whether it's behind the screen or inside the ring, we are here to give you the experts' opinions, the interviews, and the late-breaking news. With all that being said, let's go ahead and let's get right to the headlines. Starting off on e-wrestling news, Chris Jericho defends Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. Clark's writing in at this hour. AEW wrestler Chris Jericho took to Twitter on Monday to defend AEW President Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks for reigniting my love for the world of professional wrestling. 
This is what Jericho had to say on social media. I just want to thank Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks for reigniting my love for pro wrestling. AEW is the best wrestling company in the world today, and I'm so proud to be a part of it. Haters gonna hate, the Wizards gonna throw fireballs in people's faces. Now, Jericho had other things to say as well, and as many of you know, there have been a lot of backstage rumors as of late involving AEW talent and drama that's been amongst several of the stars, one specifically being CM Punk, Eddie Kingston, and Sammy Guevara have also had issues. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa have had issues with one another as well. Now, Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryan will be taking place at Sunday's All Out, happening at the big pay-per-view event in Chicago. With more information on all of these things that are Chris Jericho and AEW related, continue following eWrestling News and more information will be coming forward. Tony Khan is making news at this hour. Brian Clark's writing in that Tony Khan posts a cryptic tweet following WWE Monday Night Raw. We also have some news on Impact Wrestling. Now, following last night's episode of Monday Night Raw, Tony Khan sent out somewhat of a cryptic tweet, which a lot of people are shaking their heads. The AEW president posted a gif of Christopher Lloyd's crudge from Star Trek 3, Search for Spock. He captioned the gif with, This is the turn of luck I've been waiting for. Many people aren't really sure what that means, but... I'm sure that we will find out more as Tony is definitely alive and well on social media. Impact Wrestling also sent out a press release today announcing they are streaming all the company's barbed wire massacre matches for free on their Impact Plus service. Now witness the brutality of every barbed wire massacre ever for free on a limited time on Impact Plus. Now before Sammy Callahan, Moose, and Steve Macklin collide in the first ever triple threat barbed wire massacre at Victory Road, relive every other barbed wire massacre match that ever took place in TNA slash Impact Wrestling. Enjoy the brutality, the violence, and the bloodshed featuring top stars from the past and present. For more information on everything Impact Wrestling, continue following them on social media. You can also find the lineup for tonight's NWA Power episode. Now, this episode will feature the fallout from last weekend's NWA 74. Matt Cardona will be taking on Ronaldo Friedman. Matt Taven will be taking on Mega Wolf. Ricky Steamboat is set to appear on the episode. Trevor Murdoch, Nick Aldis, Flip Gordon, and Bully Ray are also going to be there. Aaron Stevens also has a major surprise that is planned. If you'd like to find out more about all this, continue following E-Wrestling News, and more information about the NWA is going to be forthcoming. E-Wrestling News is also reporting right now on Jim Ross and changes that could be made to his roles in AEW. Over the past few weeks, we've seen AEW testing out a new format for their commentary team, in which Jim Ross would miss the first hour of Dynamite before joining the team for the second hour, before remaining at the desk for the next hour of Rampage. That is the show that's taped after Dynamite. On the latest episode of the Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer explained that Tony Khan was behind the recent changes. This is what was said. I remember the first week that he did it. I remember. I asked him, is this going to be a permanent thing or were you just trying something out? And it was like, Tony says, well, it's something that we can do. Now, if you'd like to find out more about what's happening with that, continue following Tony Khan on social media and you can also follow Jim Ross on social media as well. Now, additionally, it was noted that Meltzer made it clear that Khan is not committed to one specific commentary team with no one combination of commentators seen as a permanent thing. Now, what does this mean for some of the other commentators or potentially moving someone into a spot or someone moving out of a spot? Continue following E-Wrestling News as we'll bring you more information on everything happening with the AEW broadcasting team. Wardlow is making news at this hour. Wardlow is saying that MJF ruined what should have been one of the biggest nights of his life. Ryan Clark's writing in at this hour. During a recent interview with Stephanie Chase of Digital Spy to promote Sunday's all-out pay-per-view happening from Chicago at the Now Arena, AEW star and TNT champion Wardlow commented on his match with MJF that happened at Double or Nothing.
something. Now, of course, the match featured a ton of controversy after things became extremely heated between AEW President Tony Khan and the salt of the earth just prior to the event taking place. Now, according to Wardlow, MJF and I quote, ruined, which should have been one of the biggest nights of his life at Double or Nothing. Additionally, Wardlow revealed that the rumors surrounding MJF at the time caused him to not be able to enjoy the show. Now, this is what he had to say about MJF ruining the night. He says, and I quote, that should have been one of the best nights of my life, and it really it wasn't. Everything that was going on with Max and all that time that was going on, I had things going on in my life personally. Just nothing was going right. And it was kind of so sad, to be honest, that everything got built up to this one big night between us, and I felt like so much of it was ruined. Now, he also comments on the rumors surrounding MJF, and while he feels like he couldn't really enjoy the show as much as he would like, Wardlow would say, all the crap with Max and everything he was pulling. I mean, I showed up early that day to the building, and I didn't even know if I was actually going to be wrestling. That's a lot to say, especially when it's coming to a pay-per-view. I mean, I didn't want to get angry, but yeah, that should have been one of the best nights of my life, and obviously the outcome was amazing, but I really never got the opportunity to enjoy it at its most. Now, on trying to get back on track since Double or Nothing, he would go on to say this, I feel like ever since that night, things have kind of just kind of kicked off, and I like I'm still trying to get back on track. Ever since that night when I got that big win, I mean, I'm all out there still, but it just isn't what it was. It's a time in my life, and I know it's a business, and I also know that not everything goes perfectly. If you'd like to find out more about what Wardlow had to say about his big epic night and where he sees himself right now in the world of AEW, continue following e-wrestling news and more information we'll be following. Brian Clark's also commenting at this hour with Isaiah Cassidy on how Matt Hardy has helped Private Party. Now, we know for the last several months, Private Party and Matt Hardy have seen their differences and have gone their separate ways. But AEW wrestler Isaiah Cassidy recently appeared on NBC Sports Boston, the 10 Count Podcast, to discuss the advice that Matt Hardy has given him and Mark Quinn about life and life in wrestling. Now, on Matt Hardy's involvement with Private Party, this is what they had to say. I think it helped 100%. You know, a lot of people on the internet, they're going to say this, they're going to say that. Man, Private Party, their career went down because of Matt Hardy. But me personally, I'm pretty sure I can speak for Quinn when I say, I feel like Matt really helped us out a lot. Cassidy noted that when Matt gave us great advice and he told us what to do when the camera stopped rolling, he helped Cassidy and Quinn prepare for their matches and gave advice on how to stay in a good mental place when dealing with all the highs and the lows of the wrestling industry. And Cassidy continues to believe that Hardy's tutelage can take them to what he says is the promised land. Now, also on their thoughts of Matt Hardy, they would also go on to say, Matt Hardy is my guy. I would love him. I would take him under my wing as well at any point in time. I love the Hardys, and I love the Hardys' place. I want to have a career just like them. For more information on everything that's happening with Private Party and also with Matt Hardy, continue following E-Wrestling News, and more information will be following. Ryan Clark staying busy today. He has news on Sting and Darby Allen. Now, many know that All Out is shaping up to be one of the headlines events for AEW in 2022, but we still don't know what all the matches are going to be. Now, AEW wrestler Darby Allin was a recent guest on the DDP Snake Pit podcast. Now, during the show, Allin announced that he and Sting will be in action on Sunday at the All Out event. While no match has been made official just yet, the details on their bout will be announced on tomorrow night's episode of AEW Dynamite. This is what Darby had to say. All Out, me and Sting will be there. Our match will be announced on Wednesday. We'll be a part of All Out. Now, just one week ago, 
on Dynamite, Sting and Darby Allin came out to help save Miro from an attack from the House of Black. So it's possible we'll see a six-man tag featuring Allin, Sting, and Miro facing off against House of Black. But as of right now, that's all just speculation. Now, AEW's All Out will take place this Sunday, September the 4th, from the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. For more information on all of this, continue following e-wrestling news and more information about Sting, Darby Allin, and a potential opponent will be forthcoming. Eric Bischoff's making news at this hour. Eric Bischoff, the controversial former executive producer of WCW, is talking more and more about Tony Khan and how he feels that there might be an issue of leadership within the company. During the recent edition of the 83 Weeks podcast, WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff commented on the rumor backstage issues that are happening in AEW. Now, Tony Khan's handling of the Cody Rhodes situation, now it's the MJF situation. This is what Eric had to say. There's a lack of leadership. There's a lack of direction. And it does feel like, unfortunately, the way it was in WCW, doesn't it? There was a lack of leadership during the time in the late 1998 and 1999 in particular. I have admitted so many times that I was burnt. I was tired of fighting a fight. I knew I wasn't going to win. I was disenchanted. I forgot about all that high school drama that was happening backstage at that time and all the body shaming. This has just gotten stupid. It's like junior high stuff now. This stuff, you know what? I don't even try to pay attention to it anymore. When I hear or when I see it popping up, I'm thinking, oh my God, I hope this is a work and this is going to lead to something, something entertaining. Otherwise, it's just really juvenile, and it's hard for me to actually give any credence to or even try to pay attention to it. Now, on Tony Khan's handling of the Cody Rhodes and MJF situation, Bischoff had this to say. Let's look at the last six or eight months in AEW and the lack of leadership. Cody Rhodes, pretty integral part of AEW, pretty valuable asset in AEW, but for whatever reason, he's no longer there. We hadn't heard any details. And no one is talking to Cody, and Cody's not talking to anybody else about what happened. And rightfully so, it's none of my business. But just look at the pattern. Step back and look at the pattern. Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes couldn't see eye to eye with Cody. Now he's gone. The MJF situation is still inexplicable to me. But you know what? Maybe he'll be gone as well. You know, sometimes it makes things fun and interesting. But as every television show goes, you know what? Sometimes there's going to be a connection, and sometimes there's just not. And right now... There doesn't seem to be a connection with MJF. And the more time goes by, the less effective this MJF storyline is going to be, in my opinion. Not only will it not be successful, but I haven't seen anything in AEW creatively that makes me think something really is going to be happening coming up. Cody couldn't see eye to eye with Tony. MJF couldn't see eye to eye with Tony and his management. Now you have all this additional nonsense happening backstage. What's going on? For a guy who wasn't going to make the same mistakes as WCW made, it seems to me he's compounding them. If you'd like to find out more about what Eric Bischoff has to say about his honest opinions about Tony Khan and how, unfortunately, AEW is looking a lot like 1998-1999 WCW, well, more information is going to be coming forward. Andrew Ravens is writing in this hour for E-Wrestling News. Sammy Guevara comments on reports that he is difficult to work with. Now, we just got done talking about the difficulties happening backstage, but now there's also reports that many say backstage that Sammy Guevara is a hard person to work with. Now, Sammy Guevara addressed the recent reports of him in his latest YouTube vlog that features he from his wedding with Tay Mello. Now, he has been seemingly addressing the reports that he has issues with Eddie Kingston, and that rumor is that he's hard to work with. Now, as previously reported, Kingston was suspended by AEW due to a physical altercation with Guevara several weeks ago that happened in Minnesota. In an edited promo, Guevara called Kingston a fat piece of... Kingston took the offense to that, and he thought it would ruin the match if he was fat shaming him. Well, this led Eddie to end up coming up to him and Pi facing him. It was also reported that Sammy was perceived as difficult to work with. 
especially with Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Sanjay Dutt in the prior months. But this is what Sammy had to say. I'm just going to say real quick a couple of things. I just got a couple of things to get off my chest, I guess. There's been so much random drama, random stuff that's been said in the last week or so. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to see blatant lies that are being said about me and shade being thrown my way. I've read so much random stuff and it's just like, where are they getting this? It's just people making stuff up. I saw something that said I'm difficult to deal with and a lot of people don't want to work with me, which I don't think is true at all. But the problem is, is because it's the internet. People don't know the difference when people spread rumors, regardless if they're true or not. Not one of these facts actually checks out. In fact, these things are taken as fact, and I can tell you right now, it doesn't affect me. I guess that's why I'm here now, because I'm not going to try to convince people that I'm a good person. People who already have their ideas of me, well, their impressions are already made up, and nothing's going to change their mind. It's insane. What am I going to say? You read so much of this stuff, then you start to question yourself, which I started to do. I started to wonder, am I a bad person? Am I this person everybody is painting me out to be? I started to feel pretty down because I try to do my best as I can when I'm in AEW. I try to help people when I can. I try to be as nice as possible and respectful to everyone, no matter where they are on the card. That's what their position in life is. I just try to treat everyone the same. Now, last Wednesday, I was starting to read a bunch of stuff, and I started to feel down again. Before I left, a guy that was an extra on the show came up to me. He said, hey, I just want to let you know that you're one of the only people that said hi to me today backstage. It made me feel welcome. He thanked me for doing that. That made me feel good. It's little things that people don't even understand what it could do to change someone's mindset. I was feeling pretty down that day, feeling that maybe I am that bad person that everyone says I am. And then someone comes up and tells me that I'm okay. The internet, it's not real. It's not what's real. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep pursuing my destiny and keep working towards it until I get there. I just wanted to say thank you. For more information on everything that's happening right now with Samu Guevara, continue following eWrestling News and more information about him will be coming forward. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that gives you all the late-breaking news in the world of professional wrestling. So instead of being on your computer or on your phone, go ahead and pop your earbuds in and listen to a daily podcast that gives you all the information you need. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's get back to the headlines. Thomas Lawson's writing in this hour for you wrestling news. Cash Wheeler said he actually considered retiring from pro wrestling back in 2021. AEW wrestler Dax Harwood said that his tag team partner Cash Wheeler considered leaving pro wrestling entirely after last year. Harwood and Wheeler, who worked as Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder in WWE, joined AEW in 2020, and they are the former AEW World Tag Team Champions. Now, speaking on the Walkway to the Fight Club podcast, Harwood said that he and Wheeler wanted to leave after suffering a serious cut in his forearm during a match with Santana and Ortiz. In fact, the injury was very bad. This is what he said. Cash tore his arm open and I watched him almost bleed out at the same time. I was going through this dark period of anxiety and I had no idea how to handle it. He called me after the arm thing was over and he was in tears. He'll still kick everybody's butt, don't make any mistake about that, but he called me in tears that day and he was like, hey, I just want you to know that I think I'm ready to retire. FTR was recently cut from the upcoming AEW Fight Forever video game, which is expected to be released for consoles later on this year. For more information on everything going on with FTR, continue following eWrestling News. More information will be forthcoming. Let's go ahead and let's talk about the Young Bucks. As many people know, the Young Bucks have been revolutionizing tag team wrestling for at least the last 15 years. 
but they've also pushed a lot of buttons. A lot of people are not fans of the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks technically use their Twitter account to poke fun at people or just try to poke the bear. Well, AEW's Young Bucks have poked fun once again at a recent talent-wide meeting in the company to direct so many issues happening backstage. Now, ahead of last week's Dynamite, a meeting was held by Tony Khan, who also went ahead and dressed reports of backstage issues and reports that Khan was unavailable and didn't make himself available when talent needed to talk to him. Now, they also talked about WWE's alleged contract tampering. That was also discussed at the meeting as well. Now, on Twitter, the Bucks joked that the meeting ended in a rather unique way. This is what they said. The meeting ended with everybody passing the mic around and sharing their favorite Young Bucks matches, what a fun moment. With more information about Nick and Matt Jackson, continue following E-Wrestling News and more information about the Dynamic Tag Team will be coming forward. Ryan Clark's writing in at this hour for E-Wrestling News details on the charity softball game and Fan Fest that AEW plans on holding for All Out Weekend. Now, there's been several matches confirmed for this week's episode of New Japan Strong, including an open weight championship match. You can check out the updated card also. So we have John Schuyler's taking on Lucky Ali, and Jake Something is going to be taking on Eddie Kingston. Now, let's go ahead and let's talk about what is going to be happening for All Out Weekend. Now, there's a charity baseball game which will take place on September the 1st at 8 p.m. Now, The Dark Order, Claudio Castanoli, Miro, Orange Cassidy, Samir Guevara, Ty Conte, Angelo Parker, Matt Menard, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Rebel will all be participating. Tickets for the event are going to be $30. Additionally, you can check out the updated schedule for AEW's Fan Fest, which will take place at the Renaissance Schomburg Convention Center. Here is the breakdown. From 11 a.m. to 12.30, you can meet FTR, Roosh and Andrade, and Jose the Assistant. Dan House and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castanoli, and the House of Black. From 1245 to 215, Britt Baker, Athena, Wardlow, Orange Cassidy, Brian Danielson, and Wheeler Yuta. From 230 to 4, it's the Lucha Brothers, Sammy Guevara, Tay Mello, Hangman Adam Page, Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, and Ruby Soho. And finally, at 415 to 545, Anna J and Angelo Parker, Matt Menard, Eddie Kingston, Pack. Jade Cargill, Kira Hogan, and The Acclaimed. For more information, continue following eWrestling News, and more information about the FanFest will be forthcoming. Big news regarding All Out, it's going to be airing once again in selected theaters. Ryan Clark's writing in at this hour, AEW's 2022 All Out pay-per-view will be airing again in select theaters on Sunday. Now, the company issued a press release on Monday to announce that they are once again teaming with Johan Promotions to air the event in local theaters. Now, the official announcement, which was released below, was telling everyone where they're going to be and at what promotions. Here it is. AEW and Johan Promotions expand their in-theater audience reach by bringing all out to select theaters in North America and Latin America on Sunday, September the 4th. AEW and Johan Promotions today announced that fans in the U.S., Canada, and Latin America will be able to be experiencing everything that is all out starting on Sunday, September 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now emanating from the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, fans can catch all the live action in the selected theater of the world cast matchups, including Lionheart Chris Jericho taking on the American Dragon Brian Danielson, AEW World 
World Tag Team Champions Swerve Strickland and Our Glory and Keith Lee take on the acclaimed for the AEW Tag Team Championship. Jungle Boy will take on his rival Christian Cage. AEW World Trios Championship Tournament finale will happen on that night. Interim AEW Women's World Championship Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Jamie Heater versus Hikaru Shida in a four-way dance to find out who will be the interim champion until Thunder Rosa comes back. The Casino Ladder Match is going to be a featured event, and an AEW World Championship title shot will also be on the line. Ricky Starks takes on former tag team partner Powerhouse Hobbs. FTR and Wardlow will take on Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. Keep in mind, more matches will also be announced leading up to the big event, but Johan Promotion is leading the way in live concerts to theaters, in sports bars and restaurants all over. They are making All Out Weekend so much more appealing for so many people who can't be there live. With more information on all this, continue following eWrestling News and more information about the big event this coming weekend will be forthcoming. We have news on Samoa Joe. Joshua Jones is writing in at this hour for eWrestling News. Now, many people are wondering, where is the Ring of Honor World Television Champion as he hasn't been seen on TV outside of the most recent Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Now, as noted, Samoa Joe recently wrapped filming on his upcoming Twisted Metal series for Peacock, where he'll play the character Sweet Tooth. Now, according to a report from Wrestling Observer, Joe is set to make his return to AEW any week now. Now, there is some speculation regarding his contract status with the company. He signed earlier this year, but Meltzer confirmed that most of AEW talent usually signs for at least three years, meaning Joe probably has a couple more years left on his contract. Joe hasn't appeared on television because he was filming his new show for Peacock, not due to any type of injury. Now, with more information on Samoa Joe, continue following Joshua Jones, eWrestling News, and the Wrestling Observer to find out more information about where the Samoan Submission Machine will show up next. Let's go ahead and let's jump over to the world of WWE. Many people know that WWE has changed many things since Vince McMahon has since retired and Triple H has taken over. But what else is going on in WWE? Right now, Ryan Clark is writing in about Stephanie McMahon, Titus O'Neil, Roman Reigns, and so much more. WWE posted a video today showing the entrance theme for Axiom Strike Force, which you can catch on their YouTube page. Now, WWE Global Ambassador Titus O'Neil took to Twitter on Monday to announce a $100,000 donation to Connor's Cure for the Bullard Family Foundation. For those unaware, September marks the start of Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. Now, WWE CEO Stephanie McMahon also issued a statement on Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month, and this is what she had to say. Tonight, we at WWE kick off Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month by hosting some friends. I can't believe how big Lance and Superman Jimmy are. Thank you, WWE nurse, for helping our kids fight, and not only to survive, but thrive. Please help by visiting ConnorTheCrusher.org. Thank you, Titus O'Neil and the WWE and the Bullard Family Foundation for your generous $100,000 donation to At Connor's Cure, helping to lead the charge in eradicating cancer in honor of the strongest warriors I have ever had the pleasure to know. If you'd like to follow Stephanie McMahon, you can follow her on social media as you can read all of these posts. 
Now, additionally, it was reported on eWrestling News. It marks the two-year anniversary of Roman Reigns capturing the Universal Championship. The latest edition of WWE Playlist looks at all of Reigns' title defenses in these past two years. You can catch that on their YouTube channel. You can also catch the top 10 moments of this past Monday Night's Raw as well on their YouTube channel. For more information, continue following eWrestling News and more information about the WWE will be forthcoming. Carmelo Hayes is making news at this hour. Carmelo Hayes feels disrespected by not wrestling at Worlds Collide. Joshua Jones writes in, WWE NXT 2.0 North American Champion Carmelo Hayes posted a video on Twitter regarding not being booked for this weekend's Worlds Collide event. Now Hayes has expressed his displeasure for not having a match already booked for the show, and he mentioned how he feels disrespected. This is what he said. Hey, this is the last time I'm going to talk about this on this timeline, but this Worlds Collide thing and me not being involved in it, it's really starting to irritate me. The fact that I've been reaching out to NXT multiple times and they're ignoring me, I just feel disrespected at this point. And it's not like me to come out here and complain and act like this, because I just don't do that kind of stuff. But what am I supposed to do? I tell you what, I'll pop up tomorrow on NXT and I'll say what needs to be said. And then like it or not, they're going to have to hear me out, no matter what. They're going to know how I feel. If you'd like to find out more about what he had to say, you can follow him on his social media account at Carmelo underscore WWE. With more information on Carmelo Hayes and the Worlds Collide event, continue following eWrestling News, and more information will be forthcoming. In this hour for eWrestling News and WWE, there's going to be an interactive fan experience announced for WWE Clash at the Castle in Cardiff, Wales. WWE sent out a following press release today announcing several interactive fan experiences for this Saturday's Clash at the Castle event, which will take place in Cardiff, Wales. Now, some of the festivities include a toy pop-up and an Undertaker experience. Here is the press release. In celebration of WWE's return to the UK for the first stadium show in 30 years, WWE is excited to announce a free-to-attend fan activity at Cardiff Castle. Now, the Undertaker experience and the pop-up is going to be given at the Universal show that's going to be happening in Cardiff, Wales. Now, Smith's pop-up toys. Smith's pop-up toys will take place at the south gate of the Cardiff Castle. This event is free to attend, to give to all the members of the WWE Universe for an opportunity to interact with exclusive WWE attractions. Now, these are some of those attractions. A life-size WWE Wreckin' Rampage ring, WWE Action Mattel figure display, a Funko Pop photo opportunity, and 2K22 gaming sessions. In addition, there'll be appearances by various WWE superstars. Now, the location is the Cardiff Wales on their Southgate. Cardiff Wales address at Cardiff Castle in Cardiff, New United Kingdom. For more information on all this, continue following eWrestling News, and more information on the big event happening across the pond will be coming soon. We got some new news on the Women's Tag Team Champions. Now we have some information on the reasons behind Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez winning the Women's Tag Team Championship. Now that news has been revealed. And what was a surprise to many, the team of Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah were crowned the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions on Monday Night Raw. Now winning the tournament after defeating the team of Iro Shirai and Dakota Kai in the main event, 
of the most recent episode of Raw, Rodriguez and Aaliyah's victory marks the first main roster title for Rodriguez and the first time in Aaliyah's WWE career. Now, following the team's victory, Dave Meltzer reported on the latest episode of Wrestling Observe Radio that the decision to crown Rodriguez and Aaliyah as champions was in part due to the effort to get Rodriguez over as a top star. Now, speaking on the show, Meltzer noted, they were trying to get Raquel Rodriguez over as a big-time star. This is one of the things that they're trying to do right now, and it's a priority. Now, are you happy to see Rodriguez and Aaliyah as the new WWE Tag Team Champions? Obviously, you can let E-Wrestling News know on hitting them up on their social media. For more information on the big win that happened on Monday Night Raw, continue following E-Wrestling News and more information will be forthcoming. Ryan Clark's writing in at this hour, WWE and Amazon file a joint lawsuit against 13 title belt counterfeiters. Now, WWE and Amazon sent out a press release today announcing a joint lawsuit against 13 defendants who are producing counterfeit WWE Championship belts replicas. Now, more information is going to be coming forward with this, but this is what it said. Amazon is teaming up with WWE to file a lawsuit to protect customers and the authenticity of WWE's historic championship title belts. World Wrestling Entertainment and Amazon today announced joint lawsuits against 13 defendants who attempted to market and sell inauthentic replicas of WWE-branded championship belts on Amazon's store, including inauthentic replicas and commemorative title belts, as well as historic WWE World Heavyweight Universal Intercontinental United States and NXT Championships. Now, WWE is combining its proactive IP monitoring and enforcing programs, especially with Amazon's Project Zero and brand registry protecting the tools and any type of infringements when it comes to WWE. Then WWE partnered with Amazon's Counterfeit Crimes Unit to pursue these lawsuits and get a little bit further with it. If you'd like to find out more about who these people are, you can check out WWE's website. You can also check out E-Wrestling News and they will have more information on the counterfeit title belts and what that is doing for WWE's business. Continuing on, John Morrison is making news at this hour. John Morrison says Vince McMahon wanted to sell drip sticks. What does he mean by that? During a recent appearance on NBC Sports Boston 10 Count Podcast, former WWE superstar John Morrison commented on Vince McMahon's plans for his character prior to his release, including the idea of selling drip sticks. This is what Morrison had to say. First of all, I wrote, I'm going to moisten someone up with my dipstick, you know? It's a promo. It's just supposed to be a joke. So Vince reads that and goes, Dripstick? We're going to make a fortune selling these. He loved it. He wanted to have my entrance and then someone stand by the turnbuckle and everyone shoot me with dripsticks. It was going to be the direction we were going to go until people realized in the arena that everyone would be soaking wet with water everywhere. And then Vince decided we can't sell dripsticks. But, you know, we were close and I think it would have put us over the top. If you'd like to hear more about what John Morrison had to say about his character and what the plans were before his release, continue following E-Wrestling News and more information will be forthcoming. Dutch Mantel is making news at this hour. Dutch Mantel says that Dexter Loomis reminds him a lot of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ryan Clark writes in, former WWE star Dutch Mantel says Dexter Loomis reminds him of Steve Austin. During a recent appearance on the Sports Kita Wrestling Smack Talk podcast, the former Zeb Coulter commented on Dexter Loomis's being a star and waiting to take off, and that he reminds him a lot of Stone Cold Steve Austin before he took off. This is what he said about Dexter Loomis being a star 
just waiting for it to happen. I think Dexter Loomis is a star waiting to take off. I really do. He's got that story with Indy Hartwell. People are going to really like him. Everybody's going to be talking about him because he's the guy who doesn't speak. Everybody else talks around him. But I think people really gravitate to him. And you know what? That little girl helping him. You know what? He's going to be a big star in the making. I like him. I liked him the first time I saw him on NXT. Now, on his first meeting with Dexter Loomis back in TNA, this is what he said. I met that kid, I don't know, around 2017. He came to TNA. I wanted to use him, and they couldn't use him, but I really liked him. He reminds me a lot of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, maybe a little bit of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's not overly big, but you can tell there's something there with him. There was some magic with him, and I just feel manipulated and it can't be manufactured you can't manufacture magic you could take it you can amplify it but you know what it's all about what's pleasing the fans now while Loomis was released by WWE earlier this year he was brought back by Triple H who's now head of creative now since his return he's been, been involved in an angle a stalking angle with him is on Monday Night Raw for more information on everything that's happening with Dexter Loomis find out more of what Zeb Coulter had to say about him on the latest edition of eWrestling News right now let's go ahead and let's talk about dakota kai the female roster in wwe is really looking to get stacked up dakota kai bailey iro shirai and many many more are headlining the women's division in wwe during a recent interview with stephanie chase of digital spy wwe superstar dakota kai commented on how bailey first talked about wanting to create a faction with dakota in 2018 now her thoughts on iro shirai being a part of the group now, on how Bailey first talked about wanting to make a faction with Dakota Kai in 2018. Bailey has been talking to me about this idea for years now. We were talking about it when I was still in NXT, which was what, 2018? She first brought it up to me, and then again at Evolution. We just kept talking about it, and she kept telling me, this needs to happen. We want this to happen so bad. And obviously, the members continued to change, but you know what? She stayed constant. So I think it's very poetic that it happened at SummerSlam, and it was her idea, and it was all of her talking that made it happen. Now, it took so long, but finally it happened. It was such a big stage with Eero, as well as an emotional moment for all of us, and we're so glad that our moment finally happened. Now, her thoughts on Eero Shirai being part of the group. She would go on to say, We just fit so well, the three of us. We're such a cool dynamic. Bailey's amazing, she's such a great leader, and I've always loved watching what she does. You know what? To be under her wing and alongside her as one of the best female wrestlers or best wrestler period in the world right now, it's such a cool group. If you'd like to find out more about what she had to say, continue following E-Wrestling News and more information is going to be trending on the women in WWE. Let's go ahead and let's talk about former WCW star Shane Helms. Shane Helms is making news at this hour. Ryan Clark writes in, Shane Helms comments on his hurricane gimmick and drawing big merchandise numbers. Now, as many of us know, merchandise plays a big factor in wrestlers' contracts. They may have a guaranteed downside, but if they can get their merchandise over, that definitely can make up and fill the gap. Former WWE superstar Shane Hurricane Helms took to Twitter earlier this week to announce that he recently celebrated the 21st year of the debut of the Hurricane Helms gimmick in WWE. He would go on to say the following, 21 years ago, I donned the cape and mask for the first time. Thank you at WWE and thank you to everyone that supported and helped me and stood through me in all of it. We really created something unique. Helms would later go on to say, I was told that I was the first solo act under 200 pounds that really moved merch. Then Ray came in and boom, merch just wasn't the same 
anymore. For more information, continue following eWrestling News as you can find out more about what Hurricane Helms had to say about the monumental times that he had during his time in WWE. Ryan Clark's also writing at this hour, Austin Theory discusses the selfie incident with John Cena on Monday Night Raw. Now, WWE superstar Austin Theory was a recent guest on Under the Ring podcast where he commented on an incident where he attempted to take a selfie with John Cena during an episode of Monday Night Raw back in June. Theory revealed that while some fans claim Cena walked away, the real reason is simply he couldn't see the C-Nation leader. This is what he said. I know when you look at my selfie when I took it with John, a lot of people say, well, he walked away, but you can't see him. So, I mean, who knows? Because you can't see him. He then continued to say, sometimes I get some guys that'll be messing around and they'll try to go take selfies and then they'll just flip me off. You know what? We'll be able to show everybody one day. I'm sure of it. With more information on everything that's going on with Austin Theory, continue following eWrestling News and we'll have the latest. Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour, what were the numbers that were drawn for WWE's Monday Night Raw? This week's episode of WWE Monday Night Raw drew 2.1 million viewers on the USA Network. Now this is up from the 2,005,000 viewers the show did last week. Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomish reported in these numbers. In the key 18-49 to 49 demo, it was a .59 rating, which is huge, and it was up from the week's .55 prior. Now the first hour did 2.1 million viewers with a .59 demo, while the second hour did 2.2 million with a .64 demo rating. The third hour drew 1.9 with a .54 demo rating. WWE Monday Night Raw ranked number one for cable that night. Now, here are the ratings just to give you a comparison of what was happening. So once again, 8 p.m. it was a .56, 9 p.m. was a .57, and then 10 p.m. was a .50. Now this was the go-home show for Raw for Saturday's Clash at the Castle event. The episode featured Dakota Kai and Iro Shirai versus Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah for the Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament Finals, Bobby Lashley versus The Miz, and so much more. For more information, continue following eWrestling News, and more will be forthcoming. Former WCW and WWE superstar Buff Bagwell is making news at this hour. Buff Bagwell has unfortunately been announced to have relapsed and he's entered a rehab facility. Sad news to report is Buff Bagwell has relapsed and has entered a treatment facility. WWE Hall of Famer Diamond Dallas Page broke the news on his YouTube account saying the following, Hey guys, a lot of you may be or maybe not aware of the fact that I've been working with Marcus Buff Bagwell over the last eight or nine months on a project that we've started. It's a docu-series called Change or Die. It means different things to different people. Marcus didn't have a weight problem. He was heavy at the time, but he didn't have a weight problem, so we didn't have a weight loss situation. He didn't have borderline diabetes, but he did have an addiction. An addiction that could really, really hurt him. And most people who have addictions also know that. Now, additionally, Page would go on to say, Over this period, he's had some ups and downs, and for the most part, he was doing really well. But a lot of times with addiction, it has everything to do with the people that you hang around with. And when he's with us, like his whole force is about positivity and reinforcement, you know? A place where you can be safe. When he goes outside of those walls, though, well, there's people who really don't care about him that much. Or they think they do, but they really don't. And your friends, the people who you're around, well, it's like an elevator. They can bring you to the top or they can bring you down. Not because of the negative influences on Mark's life, but I'm always thinking about the people who loved him, but also people who enable him. He had a relapse. 
So we had a meeting with all the people and Marcus, and we all agreed it was time for him to go to rehab, to a facility. It's time. It's going to be hard, I know, because I've dealt with this before, time and time again. And I keep swearing I'm never going to do it again, but we've been together for 30 years, and you know what? It just happens. And I really want him to see him get to the other side. Now, we don't know how long Marcus is going to be in the rehab facility, but he's in a really positive mindset right now. I mean, the best that I've ever heard of him right now. And he's really taking care of what the things we were teaching him, and he's trying to apply them right now. And he's actually doing better. And eventually, he's going to get out. But one of the reasons I'm doing this is because it's not going to be about appearances that need to be canceled, which will be kicking back once again once he gets out. But in the meantime, he needs to take care of himself. Addiction. We all know someone who's fighting it, and it's a tough place. And I'm really hoping that you guys can help support him when he gets up. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. For more information on everything that's happening with Marcus Alexander Bagwell, continue following DDP on social media and continue following eWrestling News as more information will be coming forward. Thomas Lawson's writing in this hour for eWrestling News. Security confiscates a rude Sasha Banks sign on WWE Monday Night Raw. WWE security removed a sign that took a dig at Sasha Banks amid reports that the former WWE Women's Champion is expected back within the company. Now, Banks and Naomi walked out on May 16th episode of Raw over a creative dispute, which would then see them drop the Women's Tag Team Championships and therefore have a title tournament take place. Now, during a segment on Raw with Women's Champion Bianca Belair, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, fans noted that WWE personnel jumped the barricade and snatched a sign from a fan that was insulting to Banks. Now, the sign read the following, We want Naomi, Naomi, not Bacha Banks. For more information on all this, continue following eWrestling News, and we will have more on this developing story of a sign that was confiscated at Monday Night Raw. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember, Headlines is a one-stop shop podcast that gives you all the late-breaking news in the world of professional wrestling everything that you need to know from your favorite promotion from wwe to aew to new japan and so many more with that being said let's go ahead and let's get back to the headlines andrew ravens is writing in at this hour gunther discusses vince mcmahon's exit and a regime change in wwe but how does he feel about it wwe intercontinental champion gunther recently talked about vince mcmahon leaving and stepping down as chairman and ceo of the company's company for a long time. Now, as you know, Triple H has taken over head of creative since his father-in-law has left. While speaking to Chuck Bean, Gunther said that he was glad to be able to work for Vince McMahon at one point. He said the following, I actually am glad I got the chance to work with Vince for a little bit. My time there was few and few interactions that we did have. There weren't that many. I'm glad that it happened. And I still like the fact that I had some experiences to remember. Obviously, everybody was surprised by the fact that he left. Whatever company, if someone else was in charge, things are going to be done a little bit differently now. We all understand that. Everybody has their own approach, and I haven't felt stressed out or anything like that. I'm always focused on myself. I did myself, and that's what I'm going to do, and that's what I can focus on and change. From the tweet, there was a big reaction and stuff. If you open my Twitter page or Instagram, it's always this and that, and this German guy. It's always been there. That's professional wrestling, though, and we're sports entertainers. It's a sport that's been here, and our goal is to entertain. It's not a competitive sport, so you can say that one way or the other if you want. I always refer to myself as a professional wrestler, even in WWE, where the entertainment aspect is a way higher compared to other places anywhere else. 
If you'd like to hear more about what Gunther had to say about things changing in WWE and Vince McMahon no longer being at the helm, continue following eWrestling News and more information will be forthcoming. Mick Foley is making news at this hour. Ryan Clark is writing in here for eWrestling News. Mick Foley reveals his initial reaction to the Chris Benoit murder-suicide tragedy. Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour. During the latest edition of Foley's pod, WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley commented on the Chris Benoit family tragedy, his reaction to it after that, and more. Now, on Chris Benoit missing vengeance 2007 and his reaction after finding out the family tragedy, Mick had this to say. It was just that rumbling. We didn't know where he was, and at that point, I had quite a bit of seniority. So I spoke. I spoke to other people, and they listened to me. I remember saying, one thing's for sure, if Chris is not at the pay-per-view, there's something wrong, like something major. I was thinking that he had some type of health problem, but he wasn't the type of guy that would miss a match. Now the next day, after we had that talk with Mr. McMahon, still no sign of Chris, but Vince understands that sometimes things happen with people, and he says, you don't want to be a part of this, just go home. So he sent me home, and then on that night, just the awful weather throughout the Southwest, Flights were canceled and flights were delayed. So I'm sitting in Corpus Christi's airport, once again, 2007. The internet was around, but I didn't really have access to it. I wouldn't have had a tablet or anything like that at the time. I probably just had a flip phone, but I started hearing rumblings. Maybe it was from local news or something about a tragedy, but I couldn't get any more information. And because my flight is delayed and I've been rerouted, it's one of those situations where you end up in Atlanta for like four hours after you're supposed to be there. And then it starts sinking in that that person that I had known and that I respected for such a long time, and even more so Nancy, who I had known since 1990, they weren't with us anymore. I'm devastated by the next day. The realization had come that it wasn't a break-in, there wasn't something more complex. I started getting those phone calls from different outlets, and I'm not even ready to talk about it yet. If you'd like to find out more about what Mick had to say about the very tragic news about the Chris Benoit murder-suicide. Continue following e-wrestling news and more information will be coming forward. That's going to do it for all the headlines today for Tuesday, August the 30th of 2022. Remember, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking information in the world of wrestling. Whether it's happening in front of the camera or backstage, we are here to make sure that you have a comprehensive outlook on everything happening in your favorite business of wrestling. My name is Mike Freeland, and I will catch you on the next episode of Headlines. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The world of MLW Radio never stops.